Good evening and welcome to Pittman Park for our Tuesday evening service. Um, it was a blessing to have Bill Brown last night in the pulpit. It brought back some wonderful memories. Bill, thank you. And we welcome those that are joining us remotely. And would you now please uh, bow your heads for the opening prayer. Heavenly Father, as we go through this holy week, keep our hearts and minds open to your will. Show us how we can honor you and bring glory to your name by walking in your way. As you commanded your disciples, love each other as I have loved you. May your light shine bright through us as we show your love, mercy, and grace to all we meet. And Father, for our members that are not able to be with us face to face for many reasons, we ask a special blessing on them as they are dearly missed. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.
Words often fill our expressions of prayer. As we reflect on Christ's sacrificial love during this Holy Week, let us enter a time of silence, a time of listening. I invite you at this time to keep three minutes of reflective silence. At the end of these three minutes, I welcome you to join me as we share together in repeating our Lord's Prayer. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Pouring out on us a prayer 
scripture reading. Tonight it comes from John chapter 12 verses 20 through 36. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who 
love their life, lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Donna. I've got to reflect for just a moment about the three minutes of reflection. I think that's a fantastic part of any worship service. It's the time we actually do our own worshiping when there's not somebody up here doing a performance of worship for us. But it reminded me, Donna was talking about how, how long it was going to be. It reminded me of a story about uh, Dr. Albert Einstein. And he was asked on one occasion, many occasions I suspect, but this one particular occasion he was asked to explain the theory of relativity. And Dr. Einstein was smarter than a lot of people give him credit for because he says, well, let me put it to you this way. He says, three hours out alone with a pretty woman will seem like three minutes. Thought I'd get a chuckle out of that one. Now you got it. And then he said, and three seconds with your hand on a hot stove will feel like an eternity. <laughs> so now you understand the theory of relativity. Tonight I want to thank Donna for uh, her help with uh, the liturgy and, and uh, with the early part of the worship and certainly Lisa, Mark, for leading us in music. You're a blessing, and I appreciate you all very, very much. Just a word to the congregation at large. I want to thank you for allowing me the privilege of preaching from this pulpit for the last five or six weeks. I lost count, no big deal, uh, as well as tonight. 
Um, I have some good news. At least I think it's good news. I talked to Bill not long before I left home this afternoon. And he reported that uh, they went to Macon yesterday, got the pre-surgery report, and everything is looking very good. They're supposed to go back on Friday, and he will have the stitches removed from uh, the places on his face. They had to, uh, to uh, stitch up and make him all beautiful again. And that he thinks, physicians approving, that he will be back in this pulpit where he belongs on April the 18th. So we are looking forward to that. And uh, I mean, you'll have to put up with me for two more Sundays, Easter and the Sunday there, thereafter. Uh, but we will have our beloved pastor with us, good Lord willing, um, in, in a couple of weeks. It's a large passage of scripture that Donna just read to us. And if I wanted to keep you here all night, I might preach on the entirety of it. I'm not going to do that to me or you. But I want to focus on just what theologians and biblical scholars call a pericope. Just a little, uh, not even a paragraph, but a little phrase from the scripture. And it is this, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains just that, a single grain of wheat. Then as now there was a great commotion in the holy city of Jerusalem each year at the Passover. Faithful Jews from all over the world would gather there to fulfill their obligations to God at their beloved temple. For a week or more, a carnival-like atmosphere filled those little lanes and rustic shops of the old city. And the temple itself would be an absolute madhouse with the sacred traditions of the season going on all over the place. Vendors selling animals, priests offering those bought animals on the altar as their sacrifice to God, and those that we kind of frown upon after another biblical story we didn't read tonight, but those money changers who would exchange Roman coins uh, for currency that would be appropriate for use in the temple. So it's quite an affair going on, quite a lot of business. And then Jesus added to this clamor and commotion when he entered the holy city of Jerusalem the Sunday before. We're told that he rode from Bethpage on the other side of the Mount of Olives down the uh, western side of that beautiful mountain into the Kidron Valley and then up Temple Mount to the Golden Gate of the city. He was proclaimed Messiah by the crowds and these folks threw their, their cloaks and other articles onto the roadway. They waved 
palm branches as you all did on Sunday morning, crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means Lord save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus was a celebrity. And people all over, when they realized he was coming into the city, people from all over were clamoring to get to see him. They wanted his autograph. They wanted to take a selfie with him. Well, among those on that road that dusty Sunday afternoon were some Greeks who had converted to Judaism and they had come to celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem, as is appropriate for all Jews, as I said, even today. They had heard of Jesus and they wanted to meet him. And so they sought out a disciple with a Greek name, Philip. Sir, they said, we would like to meet this Jesus. Profound statement. We would like to meet this Jesus. So Philip wasn't quite sure what to do, so he goes to Andrew, Peter's brother, and uh, together they brought these uh, Gentile Greek disciples to meet Jesus. And Jesus used that occasion to make a very serious announcement. The hour has come, he said, for me to be glorified. But the crowds misinterpreted his meaning. The time has come for me to be glorified. And I can imagine, it's not written in the Bible, but it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, imaginations to just see him going, yay, right on. It's time we showed those blessed Romans who's boss around here. Mmm. Got it wrong. But you know, that's still... Jesus could have done that, but he didn't. And when he said what followed, a hush fell upon the crowd. And they were stunned at what they heard next. For Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just that, a single teeny grain of wheat. But if it dies, he said, if it dies, it bears much fruit. And I think he said that in a way to make it obvious that he was talking about uh, himself and what was going to happen over the next few days. And I think many in that crowd understood what he was trying to tell them in that particular way. 
And that wasn't what those folks expected to hear. It wasn't what they wanted to hear. But it was what they needed to hear. As Brother Bill told us last night, Jesus was headed to the cross and he knew it. What happened on Friday morning, Thursday night was not a surprise to him. Now, folks who understand the geography of that area will tell us at that point it would have been very easy for Jesus to head down that holy road, that glory road he had just rode in on, go over the top of the Mount of Olives and disappear into the Dead Sea Valley that, uh, that starts on the other side of the Mount of Olives. They didn't ever found him. Most of them didn't even know what he looked like for crying out loud. Or he could have allowed the crowds to turn him into that religious, political, military Messiah that they wanted him to be so he could kick the Romans out, so they could establish God's eternal kingdom there in their midst. But he did neither of those things. He did neither. That's not why he had come. That was not God's will for Jesus' life. So from that moment on, Jesus accepted his calling as he bowed his head and prayed quietly, Father, glorify your name. Glorify your name. You know, to really know someone at the depths of their being, to know someone is to know what they think brings them glory. It's to know what they want to live for. It's to know what they might be willing to die for. And for some, of course, it's fame and fortune. For others, it's status and power and acclaim. But that's not the kind of Messiah or hero that Jesus had been called to be. Yet that's what our spiritual ancestors were seeking that day in Jerusalem. And it's what many, quite frankly, today are still seeking in their Messiah, their Savior, their Jesus today. But that wasn't Jesus' day. When he, we hailed him as King David's Successor on Sunday afternoon, he responded by washing our feet on Thursday evening. We wanted him to be high and lifted up and glorified so all the world could see. And he has been. 
But that journey began on a cross where our Lord Jesus became that grain of wheat cast to the ground so that he might give life to many. We glorify the cross today. We make our crosses out of gorgeous stained glass. We build it into the architecture of our buildings. Look at the windows behind you. What do you see? Something I used to see every morning when I was in the choir. That's a big cross. And I think it's there intentionally. We glorify the cross today. It represents our definition of glory. But his cross was one of cruel wood to which he was attached by nails about the size of the railroad spikes we hold to use track, hold track onto the bedding to the cross ties. And he stayed there suspended between heaven and earth till his life's blood poured out onto the ground below him. So like that grain of wheat, he died. One of the most horrible, agonizingly, excruciatingly painful deaths Imaginable. Beside here, excruciatingly. That's a big word. But you know what its root word is? Crucifixion. And you know what the root word of crucifixion is? cross. Excruciatingly painful. The pain from the cross. The theology of the cross is a lesson that the world, that even the church has yet to learn, yea, these many years later. The way of the cross recognizes that life can be difficult, frustrating, often frightening, and sometimes even downright dangerous. Hmm. They can kill Jesus. What might we do to us? They do to us. Yet the theology of the cross affirms at the same time that those who are really alive are those faithful ones who know that we cannot hide from life's pain. We can't find shelter from life's tragedies. We cannot run from our responsibilities to the concerns of our brothers and sisters in need. And we are mandated to love others, to love others even those who are different from us, even those with whom we might disagree. 
We praise the mighty, the victorious, the popular, the winners. But what about that teacher who has given a lifetime molding the lives of young folk for a meager wage in a small rural classroom? Or the coach who has to work two jobs so that he could stay at an inner city high school and be a mentor to these young athletes since most of them don't have a positive male role model to look up to in their own homes. Or how about that professor who doesn't get tenure or the pastor who fails to get the good appointments because they sometimes put their responsibilities to their wives and to their kids ahead of the calling of their superiors. Then consider the young mother who gives up a promising career and eventually her husband to care for a mentally and physically challenged child. These folks get no glory. At least not in the way we so often use the term. We sing no praises to them. Not really. But Jesus would. Jesus would. So like our Greek brothers before us, we come tonight seeking Jesus, the real Jesus. And like them, we are sometimes surprised, maybe even stunned by what, what we find during our search. In him there is no high, mighty, and exalted God those are all false gods. They're looking after themselves. They can't do us any good. No, in Jesus and his sacrifice, we see the God who loves us enough to counter our ideas, to counter our, I'll get it yet, our ideas of what is really important, of what is really glorious, God counters these with his own estimations of these things. He is the God, remember, who came to earth as a tiny baby, born to impoverished parents in a borrowed crib among a subjugated people. In him we find God who is willing to die on a cross like an ordinary criminal. In him we find the God who calls us to follow in his footsteps in humility, faith, and loyalty. In him we find life, true life, meaningful life as we lose ourselves in love and service to him and to one another. Truly, 
Unless that grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just that, a lonely grain of wheat. But if it falls to the ground, and particularly if we allow God to tend it for us, we find that our lives will blossom and bear much fruit. May God bless us as we attempt to see and to follow Jesus during this Lenten season and thereafter to follow him as he really was. Holy and loving God, we know that Easter is coming, but we pray that you would take us slowly through this holy week so that we may truly feel, clearly see, and tenderly know the depths of your love which you have shared with us in the life and the death of Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us to face our own shortcomings, our fear, our anger. Open our hearts and our minds to your comforting and healing presence and help us thus to experience the true joy of Easter. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.
we leave this sacred and special place, may we know hope in the presence of doubt, assurance in times of questioning, and peace in the midst of conflict. As we journey through Lent with God, may we feel ever close to you, and may you walk with us all the days of our lives, now and forevermore. Amen.